Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. my gosh. Hi. Welcome back to the Bad Broadcast. Uh, I don't know why I said that like a clown. I think I'm going to listen back to that and probably regret it. But either way, welcome back to the Bad Broadcast. I'm so glad you stopped by. I like that I get to be a part of your day today. I like I like being a piece of furniture in your weird life. Uh, that's a movie quote. So if you can name that movie, you win everything. It's in my top 10. That There's another hint. Anyway, today we are discussing horrible bosses, not the cinematic masterpiece, uh, just the actual experience of having a horrible boss or just having a horrible work experience. Bosses can really make or break a workplace. And if they're bad, it doesn't necessarily break a workplace. That's not what I'm saying. Because sometimes if all of your employees hate you, it can kind of encourage teammate bonding. You know, like if that's what they have to bond over you being a terrible boss actually kind of benefits the company, you know? So don't be too down on yourself if you're a terrible boss. But uh, I've had a wide range of jobs. I kind of touched on that a couple weeks ago. I'll tell you more about the weird jobs I've had. Um, But because of that, I've also had a wide range of bosses. And it's weird because I feel like a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into like management training. Like, whether that's like retreats or workshops or like just how to become a better boss. I see these all the time, but they must be leaving out the, just like the, the really simple piece of advice that is just don't be an asshole because still the people who are in charge are not in charging very well. And we're going to see that in today's episode. But, um, yeah, a boss that you like, a boss that you really like can change everything for you. For example, right now I have my favorite boss I've ever had and it's me. I'm, I'm her boss. She's a little lazy, but, uh, she gets most of her work done and we also have a lot of fun when we hang out. But for a while now, and after reading these stories, especially, I do not understand like corporate culture. Like I feel like companies now think that if they have a soda machine in the back, it means they're running like an emotionally healthy workplace. Like, I feel like they just keep adding things, but they don't care if their management teams like abuse the employees. They're like, but we have free snack packs in the back. It's like, yeah, that doesn't really make up for it. Um, But now I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about the bosses that I've had and just the horrible work experiences that I have had up to this point. 
First of all, my very, very, very first job I ever had was when I was 16 years old. I had just gotten my first car. And so I got a job and it was packing crap. It was packing orders at a craft warehouse. I don't even know how I ended up with this job. But one day I worked there and I would just package like stickers and stamps and other scrapbooking materials all day long. That's that's all I did. And I don't know much about my boss there. I don't think I ever met him, although I do know his name's Kevin. And I mean, that tells me everything I need to know right there. Uh, but yeah, really weird job. Really weird job. The next job I had was at an outlet mall at a Michael Kors where I got 50% off of bags. And that was the best perk of all. But I do think I liked this job. I don't remember why I quit because I had cool coworkers and I remember liking my manager. Shout out to Joey if you're listening. He's he's one of my one of the people that I met through Michael Kors. Still adore him to this day. Okay, the next job I had was at Vivint. And everybody in Utah will know what Vivint is, but I'm just going to explain it for those who don't know. Vivint is like the it's like a breeding ground for bros. It's kind of like the quintessential summer sales thing that a lot of like Utah guys do. I don't know if that's popular other places. I don't know what happened. I don't know what curse we've fallen under. Can you guys tell I've been reading A Court of Thorns and Roses? Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but a lot of people go to Vivint. It's just kind of known for being like the worst place ever. And I got a job there as one of the people who like the sales, the the door-to-door salesman would call and like, and like set up accounts. So like they would go knock on doors. If somebody was interested, they would call my department. Then we would get them all set up. They also just had like a three strike, no call, no show thing. So when I decided to stop working there, I just didn't go to work for three days in a row. However, I did make out with my team lead in the staircase one time. That was a, that was my, my only vivid memory of vivid, my only vivid memory. Uh, the next job I had was at a dental marketing company. Can you guys tell I was a little confused on what I wanted to do with my life? Um, a dental marketing company who made graphics and stickers for dentist offices. Quit on the first day. Just didn't go in. <laughs> Just texted my boss, blocked her number, and never went back. I do remember she was British, though, so I should have stuck around. The next job I had was a basement. I mean, can't be anything else but a scam operation where my only job was you call old people and you tell them that they're in debt. And then if you could transfer them to a quote unquote debt specialist, like I'm sure it's just some guy named Phil in his basement. Uh, But if you could transfer them to a debt specialist, you would make $30. So if you got one of those every hour, it was like pretty good pay. And I don't think I got one the whole time. I think my moral compass kind of took over there, but I only had one coworker and we would just sit in this basement together and he was raking it in. He was sending just financially insecure old people to this debt specialist all day long. He told me he would do like four an hour. That's $120 an hour. That's like, that's more money than ever. (laughs) It's more money than I've ever made. And you can file that job under just stopped going in, never told anybody, blocked everybody's numbers and didn't go. Here's my favorite job I ever had. Uh, It was a receptionist at a gymnastics place. So I only worked in the afternoons because it was like an after school gym place, you know, like where kids come do tumbling classes. But then there were older kids there who were training for like college gymnastics. So they were really talented, like all these kids, boys and girls. And every now and then I actually run into some of them because they were like 16 or 17 when I was working there and I was 21. So now they're just, they're in their twenties. So don't worry. It's not weird. It's not weird. Okay. But yeah, I really loved this job. I really, really loved it. My boss kind of scary. 
super old, super tan. You know the type. But I really liked this job because I just love, I really love other people's kids. Like I kind of worry about one day having my own because I just feel like having fun aunt energy is really my only goal in life. Also at this job, I learned a lot of weird knowledge about gymnastics. I know how to tape hands if somebody forgets their grips for bars, you know, like just really helpful information. (laughs) I know exactly what you need to go from a level two to a level three. So you can kind of imagine how insufferable I am to watch the summer Olympics with. Like, I literally think I know everything, but yeah, I love that job. Uh, weird boss, but I love that job. The next job I had, which was my dream job at the time was a hostess. I really wanted to be a hostess at this specific ski resort. And so I was. And let me tell you, this doesn't have to do with my boss, but I want to tell you guys the worst, the worst work story that ever happened to me. Okay. So I'm working as a hostess, this guy with one arm, that's important. He comes up to the the hostess stand and he's like, puts his name in or whatever. It's like a 15 minute wait. So he gives me his name and he tells me that his name is Stumpy. And I'm like, no, please don't make me write that. Like if somebody sees on the computer that I named you Stumpy, They're going to think that I, this was all my idea and it's absolutely not. So I put it in and I was like, whatever, I'll just go get him when his table's ready. So the table was ready. I go up to him. I'm like, Hey, table's ready, you know, leading them back. And he looks me dead in the eye and he goes, yell my name. (laughs) I was like, no, I don't want to. And I was like, stumpy. And he goes, (laughs) he goes, yell it. I'm like, no, I'm not. Cause normally I would, normally I would yell somebody's name, like, like Murphy party of three or whatever. But yeah, so he looks me down the eye, he goes, yell it. I'm like, I'm like, please don't make me, please don't make me because then everybody in this room is going to look over and see that I am yelling stumpy at the one-armed man. Can you imagine? But he would not go to his table until I did it. So I had to yell stumpy in the middle of a crowded restaurant and the guy with one arm responded. And now everybody there probably thinks that I just called him stumpy. I obviously haven't dealt with that very well. My last job I had before the bad broadcast uh, was a barista. I've talked about this a lot. You guys already know this, but it was for sure my least favorite boss I've ever had. She made me cry every single day. You know, those people who just like, you're pretty convinced that they like, they don't know that there's other people that are in the world. Like they've never once looked internally to see if like they could possibly have done something wrong. Like just everybody around them is there to whatever. (laughs) Probably don't need to rant about this. I probably should get over it. I did actually put my two weeks notice in on that one. So that's good. And this one wasn't my most recent job, but it is something that I want to share with you guys. So I went to aesthetic school and I got a job at a spa, like just at the front desk. It's neck and neck with uh, Stumpy for worst work experiences. So I was working at a front desk for a spa and I would like answer questions about laser hair removal and products and prices and all that stuff. We used to get notified like every time a Yelp review came in for the clinic that I was working in just so we could see what people were saying. So I get this notification that there's a new Yelp review and this is what it says. This review is not about the treatment I got from this place, but it's all about the receptionist, Maddie. She spelled it correctly too, which means she probably asked me and I just gave it to her because I didn't think there was anything wrong. I called and inquired about a new service that my husband was looking to get. And I had questions about what area they offer for men and pricing for laser hair removal. She answered with an annoying tone of voice. She was rude and made me feel uncomfortable by asking her those questions. Lady, you are a receptionist answering phone calls for those who want more information. 
You are the first impression of the business. You're probably busy but at the time I called, but there's a better way to handle this. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but you are the reason I'm taking my business elsewhere because I have another eight months left and I don't want to see you and I don't want to see you on my next appointment. And I would never recommend this location to anyone that I know. So obviously people who leave Yelp reviews like that are not well. Okay. Like, like if you are putting effort into leaving a one-star Yelp review to call out a receptionist by name, you should probably look internally that like, that's probably something that you should do. Either way, it made me cry for days. It crushed me. And this is where the boss thing comes in because I got called in by my bosses and I get it. Like they're trying to keep the business afloat, keep the reputation good, but they, they sat me down. This wasn't like my direct manager. It was like the, the like higher ups, like the, like overall management, like the C something. O. and they sat down with me and they told me that I had to read a business book. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think they might've told me I had to read how to win friends and influence people. Maybe that's what they made me read. Anyway, they sat down a book and I got in so much trouble, so much trouble, trouble, (laughs) so much trouble. And I remember thinking like, I feel like you guys should have my back here. Like I get it. It's, it's terrible when they leave a bad Yelp review. You can for sure reach out to them and give the, the customer like support or free stuff or whatever it is. Call me crazy. But I feel like when things like this happen, like when one of your employees gets a terrible review, I feel like it's just, it's worth just 10 seconds of effort to make the employee feel better. Like they knew me, like they knew I wasn't like, I didn't hate my job. I wasn't trying to do anything wrong. I just probably like sounded intense on the phone. And I felt like they did not have my back. Nobody had my back. And that was why I ended up quitting. So now it's time to dive into your worst bosses everywhere. And I have so many thoughts and I'm not saying that like I would be the best boss in the world. But I do think that I would be the best boss in the world. Okay, let's let's get on to the submissions. Here we go. She begins. I was in a job that was not fulfilling to me. One day in a one-on-one, I showed my boss a passion project that I had been working on. And she said, OMG, is this the kind of work you want to be doing? I said, yes. And that this was more in line with my skills and passions. Over the next week, she told me I would be promoted into a new role doing that kind of work. It's important to note that I had 96 accounts, whereas most people on my team only had 26 to 30. She hired someone to fill my role and transitioned all of my accounts to this new person. As soon as my accounts had transitioned, she put a 15-minute appointment on my calendar and I thought it was to get aligned on what this new role would entail. She then proceeded to fire me, saying that they needed people on the team who were really excited about the work and that there wasn't budget for this new role. So what I got from that is that she lied to my face and said I was going to be promoted so that she could transition the the accounts before firing me. We, We as a society... We need to discuss the nature of a one-on-one with your boss. These should have a lifelong ban. Like these should never be happening. No boss should ever, ever text an employee and say, hey, we need to talk or let's chat when you're done up here or hey, let's schedule a one-on-one for tomorrow without a disclaimer of you are not in trouble, just checking in. Like, and if they are in trouble, could you do it right away? Could you call them on the phone and say, Hey, you're in trouble for this? Why? Like it feels like such a such a wannabe power move to like get people just so worried. Every single human being knows that a text that says we need to talk is instant fight or flight. Like I can feel even just even just reading those words gives me anxiety. I don't know why bosses still do this. But again, I feel like bosses like to do it because they kind of like their employees to be on edge and a little bit scared of them. 
It's so messed up. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Dadgrass. Sweet dreams are made of CBD, and Dadgrass's new classic formula CBD tinctures are perfect anytime, but are especially great for a gentle and soothing night's sleep. I love to take these at night. I especially love to take these um, on Sunday nights when those Sunday scaries really start to set in and you need a little boost. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC and they're high in CBD, so you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. You can chill out without getting stoned. Maybe you're maybe you're interested in CBD. Maybe you're interested in THC, but you don't want to you don't want to dive in right away. Maybe you're looking for a new tincture, a new way to do your CBD. Dadgrass has you covered. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. If you're worried about the THC content, just know that Utah has the strictest laws on what can be shipped in and out of of the state, and Dadgrass is totally fine. There's hardly any THC in it. So right now, Dadgrass is offering my listeners 20% off of your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash bad. Go to dadgrass.com slash bad for 20% off of your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash bad. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Tim Coulson Photography. Okay, when I first started doing Instagram and just video content, photo content, I had no clue what I was doing. I got a camera and I just kind of guessed with all the wheels and the buttons and the switches, just kind of pushed them around until I got a photo that I like. And it took me forever. And I also sucked at it. But Tim Coulson is here for you, babes. So this is an online photography workshop for beginners. It's called The Nursery. And it's photography explained in a way that actually makes sense. You don't have to have any prior knowledge, which is perfect because I uh, had no prior knowledge. It's a self-paced, learn in your own home, on your own device type of class. And you can do it on your own time. You can stop, start, and watch again whenever you need. And there's just a one-time fee and no subscriptions and you still get lifetime access to the course. It's also not specific to a certain kind of brand or a certain brand of camera. Any camera with manual settings will work. You also have free access to the best, most welcoming Facebook group on the internet with your purchase who can help you anytime. Even if you're just interested in photography and you've never done anything with it, you can learn a new skill. It can be a creative outlet. It could even become a job. You can make money doing this. The nursery has helped almost 3,000 students take the best photos of their lives. The course is three hours total, but it's sectioned into bite-sized videos by topic that are easy to digest, and you don't have to do it all in one sitting. You can just take as long as you need. So visit timcoolson.com slash bad for 30% off of the nursery photography workshop, or click the link in the show notes. That's T-I-M-C-O-U-L. S-O-N.com slash bad for 30% off or click on the link in the show notes. From Dear Media and Rom-Com Pods comes a scripted podcast so outrageously inappropriate, we can't believe they let us put it on the air. Meet my best friend, Allie. Like, gross, close best. Hello? Wait, are you peeing? Everyone loves a messy bitch. And Allie's life was about to get a whole lot messier. Maybe 2022 is going to be my year. Yeah, 2022 is definitely not going to be her year. 
Allie's going to bone, marry, and bury three different people. Get it? Bone, marry, bury? Like, fuck, marry, kill? I just wanted to say that, but it didn't clear legal. Ready to play? Introducing Bone, Mary, Barry, starring Sarah Hyland, Harvey Guillen, and Tommy Martinez. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. Bone, Mary, Barry is brought to you by Sakara, Modern Fertility, Blue Land, and Roderm. Okay, next story. When I worked at Target, I had a middle-aged male manager who begged me to wear khaki skirts to my shift. I was 18, so I always just laughed it off and said no and kept wearing jeans to work. It weirded me out after the first few times he mentioned it, but it continued for maybe two months. I showed up to work one day and he told me he had a gift for me. I open it. Khaki skirts. Three of them. I declined the gift and decided to stand up for myself, so I told him it was inappropriate and he was creeping me out. He got defensive and told me I was overreacting. But two days later, he put in his letter of resignation and I never saw him again. Listen, every now and then, and by every now and then, I mean literally every single day, I am reminded that the majority of human beings are actually incredibly weird. Like it's a rare occasion to stumble upon somebody who is actually normal. Why is that? Like if you're like me, you you really only interact with like four people a, a week. Like you don't see or talk to a lot of people. So then when I read about, like when I read all these stories, I get very overwhelmed with how many weird creeps there are in the world. Also, how uh, how useless are HR departments? I'm sorry, but every HR department I've ever worked with has never done anything useful for anything real. Like they get really worked up about people being on their phones, but they like just don't care if something really inappropriate happened with an older male coworker. Why? I'll tell you why. Because it's a man's world. Okay. Next, she said, one time I needed surgery to have my tonsils removed. My boss asked me if I could come back to work immediately after the surgery, like the same day. Another time I had mono and I was super sick. The same boss told me that I could just lay down on the couch in the receptionist area instead of going home to rest. (laughs) These are the type of bosses who expect you to be as passionate about your job as the people who like started the company. First of all, let it be known that the vast majority of people get jobs because their passion is just like having enough money to live. Like they're not dedicating their life to the company. And apparently this fact shocks bosses. Like I bet this boss was floored when you didn't want to come in after your surgery. Like they cannot comprehend that this is not your entire life. This actually does remind me of a story that happened to me when I was working at that gymnastics place. My uh, sister-in-law was having a baby, my niece, And I was like, that was probably like an hour and a half drive from where I was living. So I drove up uh, and I texted somebody and I was, I was like, Hey, I'm not coming into work today. At that point, I didn't really care about the job anyway. And I was like, Hey, I don't have a ride. I made up some excuse. I don't have a ride. I'm stuck up here. You know, my sister-in-law is having a baby. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, My, my boss called me and she was like, "Uh, can you take a bus down? Like, if you don't have a ride, can you take a bus? I'm like, no, no, I can't. I, no, I will not be doing that. And she goes, so what you're telling me is that it's more important. This is verbatim. I'm not kidding. She said, so what you're telling me is that it's more important for you to be at your, at your niece's birth than take a bus and get down to work right now. And I said, you bet your ass that that is more important to me. Like I would choose ripping my eyelashes out one by one over returning to work by bus. Like I'm not going to do it. Uh, she didn't fire me though. 
I don't think. I don't I don't really remember. Maybe she did and I just didn't listen. <laughs> okay. Uh next. I worked at a frozen yogurt shop where the owners were two old grandparents. You'd think they'd be sweet, but they were the cranky kind. They also both had comb overs to cover up their bald spots. But that's neither here nor there. A part of the job was to blow up the yogurt cup inflatable outside, but the machine would come loose from the inflatable most days. So we went out to fix it a lot. Well, they didn't like that. They told us we had to clock out every time we had to fix it because apparently their cheap inflatable was our fault. So they wanted us working and trying to fix this with no pay. Hard pass. I never clocked out for it and quit a few weeks later, also convincing other employees to quit too. Take that, Bob and Carol. I feel like there's a famous Bob and Carol couple, isn't there? But yeah, this is basically, what she's explaining is basically how I got through aesthetic school. This is probably illegal, but I don't care. I don't work as an esthetician, so whatever. But you're supposed to clock in. You're supposed to clock like 1,200 hours or something or 15. I don't know, 1,500, 1,600. And turns out nobody really kept track of when you were clocking in, clocking out. So I was living like right next door to school. So I would literally just stay clocked in all the time and then clock out. I would like run over and clock out at night and then clock back in in the morning. I probably did like half my hours. Uh, should I not say that? Whatever. If anybody comes at me and says that they don't like that, this is bad. Ask anybody who's been to hair school, cosmetology school, aesthetic school, anything with hours, you have fudged your hours a little bit. Okay. So don't, don't come at me. Okay. Next. Uh, he would watch our status on teams and would ask us what we were doing. If our status changed to away, like he'd say, I noticed that you were away for 25 minutes yesterday. Please explain what you were up to. He also displayed our work to everyone every day as a motivational tool so that we could see how much other stuff people were doing and try and beat them. It was so toxic. Like, I'm telling you, I have no corporate experience. I have no experience in basically anything. And I know that this is a bad boss move. Like, what are they not going over at your management retreats? Like, I I feel like people are not gathering how to be a decent boss. Okay, let's keep going, shall we? She says, I should have known it was going to be bad when my future boss asked me if I was planning on getting pregnant anytime soon during the job interview. They didn't want to invest in me if I was just going to have a baby. I was 20 and I was regularly talked down to. And if the receptionist was gone, I had to be the one to answer phones. Young naive me worked really hard for two years and got promoted only to find out that I was making half of what the men I worked with were making. And I was the department supervisor. I quit the next day and I've been self-employed ever since. Okay, this this submission that a male boss asks a younger female employee if they are like planning on getting pregnant or if they want kids or whatever. And it's, and it affects if they're hireable, like if they're going to get the job. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but that feels illegal. (laughs) That feels like extremely illegal. Like you can't not hire somebody because they have a uterus. Like the way the American workplace treats women who have kids is shocking. People wonder why there's not more women in the workplace. And then the workplace treats women like having a vagina is a terminal illness. Like how is having a baby a sign that someone is going to be worse at their job? Oh, like because you think they're going to be distracted? Well, Timmy back there cried for three days straight when Tom Brady retired. So don't you think he's a little distracted? Oh, are you worried that she might value her child over your company? I mean, how, how dare she? Honestly, how dare she? Okay, next. My boss at a retail store would put dollar bills on the floor and watch the security camera in her office. If an employee picked it up and put it in their pocket, she would fire them on the spot. 
Who has the time? Who has the time? This is just real life trolling. Same people who leave one star Yelp reviews, same people who DM strangers mean things. Like I, I continue, continue to be just baffled at people who go through the process of like making a fake Instagram, putting a fake name and DMing somebody that they've never met something mean. Like just know, like this, this took me a while to figure out. Um, but just know people who do things like this, people who troll you in real life on the internet, whatever, anybody who is hotter or more successful or cooler or funnier than you doesn't do stuff like that. So the fact that they're doing it, you can just go ahead and you can go ahead and check off the list that you are in a better place than them. That's, that's just the truth. And it's still like, this is not a hot take. I feel like this is pretty common knowledge nowadays. People still be trolling. People are out here still trolling. It's just, it's ultimate loser behavior. Like get a friend. This one's kind of long, but buckle up because it gets wild. She says, I'm sorry, but I take the cake on this. In April of 2020, it was extremely hard to find a job for obvious reasons. My friend and roommate knew that I was having no luck and got her boss at the time to give me an interview. We were both 20 at the time. This guy was very credited on LinkedIn, had a nice, respectable office, and was very, very professional during the interview. I had no reason to be suspicious. He offered me a job in an environmentalist preservation position. It was good pay. I got to work mostly from home, but I did have to come into his office once a week. He would have me pick him up food twice, once before and once after our one-hour meetings at 9 a.m., that's what, if I ever hire an assistant, which I am planning on doing like at some point in time, that's all that you're going to have to do. Just bring me, bring me food before and after also, and read story submissions because like, I'm, I'm not a good reader. Like Meg just made me read a court of thorns and roses. Well, I started it, but she made me finish it. And I think I'm just like not a good reader. I think I'm just not very smart. So sometimes when I read stories, I have to read them like four or five times before I really understand what they mean. Anyway, I'm off topic. Let's keep going. While I was in the office, he continually commented on my looks, not quite hitting on me, but definitely crossing a line. One time he even asked my advice on which girl from a dating site he should take out that night just to piss off his ex-wife. These aren't even the worst details of the story. I just want you to know this man was creepy as hell. Not to mention he completely changed my job roles and duties out from under me. He had me selling things on eBay, building him a personal website and doing stupid busy work for him that had nothing to do with what I signed up for. I felt so stuck because I knew I would not find another job. I was making pretty good money and at least my roommate still worked for him so we could bond over mutual hatred. Keep in mind, this is the first lockdown. Everything was so scary and people would do anything to protect themselves. My boss took advantage of that, buying N95 masks in bulk and selling them for double what he paid for. How how weird is that? Like we saw that so much at the beginning of the pandemic, like people auctioning off toilet paper. It's so weird. So weird to think about. Essentially, he was trying to profit off of the literal pandemic. This was the last straw for me. My moral compass could no longer allow me to associate myself with this guy. My friend and I both quit thinking that was that. That was not all. I'm sorry, but it gets so much worse. Fast forward to summer of 2021. My roommate had a credit check done while she was apartment hunting. Her credit comes back terrible because of an unpaid revolving credit line. She has not opened any lines of credit. She didn't even have a credit card. Yet there was a $15,000 credit card taken out in her name. With a horrible feeling in my gut, I pull my own credit check to find the same $15,000 taken out under both of our names under an Amex neither of us opened. The address on the account? The office we both worked at. This man took our social security numbers and personal information from our job applications and scammed us in the height of the pandemic. 
I've been building my credit since I was 17 and had a score of 800 before him. When I checked that day, it was 5.30. Yes, we marched straight to the police office, filed a report, and gave them all the evidence we had on him. We had to file claims through the credit bureaus, Identity Protection, and American Express. We went to the office he worked at to inform all of his other coworkers and employees of the situation. His office was boxed up. After a few days, the police said they cannot do anything. This man fled the continental United States. He took the $30,000 he scammed from us and moved to Hawaii. We only know that from our own detective work on social media. The police did not do anything about it. The credit bureau thankfully altered my score, but it's taken years to build back up. Yet he has faced no real consequences for trying to ruin our lives. If you could see what he looks like, I promise it makes the story 10 times worse. Okay, can we have like a really lengthy, lengthy complaining session about credit scores? Did you know that we are the only, America is the only country who does them? I'm going to fact check myself actually. Okay, it does look like Canada also has credit scores. But either way, what the hell is even that? Because here's the thing. A credit score really just shows how good you are at getting in and out of debt. And like then, like, what's why is that a useful skill? Why is not getting into any debt not a better skill? Like, that should be what that is. And also, why does it affect literally everything? Every time I have to get my credit checked, like, I don't have terrible credit. But even still, the fact that there's some bureau grading me on how well I get into debt makes me really mad. I know that's not really the point of this uh, of this story, and it's not really what we should be raging about. What we really should be raging about is the fact that this guy stole $15,000. He was probably paying you from the $15,000 that he took out on your <laughs> name. You know when people are like really, okay, stay with me on this one. You know when people are really rich, okay? I think of like Dorit on Real Housewives. They're super rich. They're like spending all this money. They're buying Hermes salad plates and stuff like that. And then they get in trouble with the law, like because they've been, it's like fraud. They've like defrauded people out of millions of dollars and they're not really rich. How do you fake being rich? How do you not have any dollars of your own, but you still buy Hermes salad plates? I'm asking because I would like to be fake rich. Like, you know, when you see people and they're super wealthy and then someone around them is like, yeah, well, they're not really rich. It's like, how'd they buy that? How'd they buy that? They just kept taking credit cards out. I don't understand. I have one credit card, but I just don't understand how people fake having tens of millions of dollars. Like, don't they look at your bank account? Like when you buy a house, don't they like check that? All right. Next up. She says, I was having a rough week and my boss made me go with her on a drive to run errands and tricked me and dropped me off at the Scientology building. When I got there, they took me into a room and started psychoanalyzing me and tried to sign me up for a bunch of expensive courses to help me find enlightenment and control. I was there for several hours before I could finally leave without giving them any money and had to walk back to the salon where I worked. She gave them my information and they continued to call me and drop by my apartment for almost two years after the initial meeting. She then accused me of stealing money by padding my books. I don't even know what that is. But luckily, my financial records were solid and I was able to prove that she was wrong. She never apologized for making false accusations. Oh, padding my books, like faking your income. Okay, I get what you're saying. She never apologized for making false accusations, but I was traumatized. Later, I found out she was in major money trouble after going through her fourth divorce and was struggling to pay me my commission. I almost lost my apartment because she wasn't paying me and I could not pay my bills. I was just starting my career. She was going through a hard time and saw me as a naive 20-year-old that was an easy place to put her frustration, but I'm able to laugh about it 15 years later and actually wish her happiness. But I definitely drive by the old salon to see if she's there whenever I'm in town because I've worked hard and become successful and I'm just a tiny bit 
petty. A boss who tries to convert you to Scientology. I can't say I've ever run into that. There is a Scientology building kind of by me. And I do think that I should go in there as a social experiment, but they freak me out. I mean, I'm not trying to be intolerant of anybody's religious practices, but I feel like they probably would film me and follow me around. I'm not for sure on that. Don't quote me, but it feels like that would happen. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by ShipStation. All right, online shopping is not going anywhere anytime soon. And I just have one question for you. Is your online business ready to keep up the pace? Because with ShipStation, you'll never worry about shipping again. You can make the switch to a solution that handles all your shipping needs quickly, affordably, and painlessly. When I first started my online business, I thought that I had to handwrite every single address that came in like with an order. And then I had to take every individual order to the post office where they manually put in the addresses and I paid for them one by one. That's what I thought I had to do. Thank goodness I found ShipStation or I would still be packaging my first round of orders. ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 e-commerce sellers. You can keep track of orders from any sales channel and you can easily find the best shipping carrier with deeply deeply discounted rates. You can automate just about any shipping task with just a few clicks. It cannot be overstated how easy they make this. (laughs) You can save time, save money, and save your sanity because it's so low hassle. You won't believe it. So ship more in less time with ShipStation. Use my offer code BAD to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BAD. ShipStation. Make ship happen. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Diggs. So when the CEO of Diggs, his name's Zell, when he adopted his rescue dog, he found there weren't very many high-quality, well-designed products out there for his new dog. So he founded Diggs to give pet parents a better option All of their products are made to baby industry material standards because pets deserve the very best. And I know what you're thinking, Maddie, you don't even have any dogs. Uh, I know, but I have two cats and we've never been able to find a good carrier for them. Like when we need to take them to the vet or when we take them to the cat hotel. So I was so excited to get my hands on the Diggs one. They have a team of in-house designers that work to develop every product to the best it can be. Their products are designed with a safety first mindset, but they're also very aesthetically pleasing. They are. They look very fancy. Their passenger travel carrier is a stylish, safe way to travel with your pet. It's made for dogs and cats up to 18 pounds. It's received a five-star crash test rating, which is the highest score possible. It includes a custom bed with a built-in pee pad, so you don't even have to worry about accidents on the go. So you can bring your pet in the car, on the plane, on the subway, anything. So visit www.digs.pet. That's digs with two G's. So www.digs.pet and use podcast 20 for 20% off of your first purchase. Okay, moving right along. One time, one of my coworkers who I let follow me on my private Instagram told my boss that I was ranting about how much I hated my job on my Instagram story. Specifically, I said, don't care about your job more than your job cares about you, which I still stand by as good advice. Anyway, when I got into work, my boss said he wanted to meet with me. 
He took me into to a room and yelled at me and told me not to negatively talk about work on my social media because it hurts his feelings. I basically told him to suck it because it was on my private Instagram account. I blocked everyone from work on my social media after that. Also, side note, this is the same boss that left work to go to the ER because he was having severe abdominal pains, passed a couple of kidney stones, and then came back to work for the rest of the day. Here's some here's some tough news for like managers and owners of businesses. Nobody cares about their job as much as you do. Nobody likes their job as much as you do. I don't know anybody who likes every single aspect of their job because when it comes down to it, it's always going to feel like work. So everybody needs to complain. Also, she did this on her private Instagram. So calm down. But here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if I'm ever a boss of like an office or something real like that, I would have a room designated to rage. Like anytime you go in that room, you can scream, you can cry, you can call anybody, you can say anything, you can write a letter, you can uh, smoke a joint if you need to, anything that relieves stress. Because this is the thing that bugs me so, this this bugs me so much. There's a couple things that I've learned through the course of the bad, the bad broadcast that really bug me. And one of them is when people get mad at me for having a bad attitude. And they're like, well, doesn't that just bring you down? Don't you just want to like lift others up? And I'm like, here's the thing. I would rather take an hour out of my day and feel all of my feelings and just rage and complain and tell people about it and then move on. I would rather do that than pretend that I'm happy 100% of the time. So if you're expecting that from your employees, I'm sorry, should I run a management camp? Should I run a weekend retreat for managers? And all I would tell them is that people hate their job people hate you and get over it. I'm just kidding. Uh, I am the least qualified person to ever instruct managers on how to do their job. But anyway, let's go on to the next story. I worked for a cleaning company over the summer. We did move in and move out cleans, regular monthly house cleanings, the fairgrounds, all these random places. My boss was the worst. He knew me and the other girls on my crew only worked weekdays, but he would call us every weekend at 5.30 a.m. asking us to help come clean the movie theater, the worst place to clean. We would end up working around 60 hours a week because he would never find people to work weekends and we got roped into the extra work. I think I started a rebellion because four other girls put in their two weeks right after I did. I couldn't be more proud. But this one just sets me over the edge. Me and one other coworker were assigned to go clean a lady's house. We'll call her Lisa. We got there and no one would answer the door. Our job notes said that if no one was home or if no one answered, just walk in, which was normal for regular cleanings. They always knew we were coming. So we went in and started unloading all of our supplies when a car pulled up into the driveway. A little boy came in and his mom saw me inside her house from the car. She got a terrified look on her face and immediately my heart dropped. I called out, it's okay, we're just here to clean. And she replied, um, I think you've got the wrong house. I felt like a total idiot. I was so confused because I double-checked the address before we walked in to avoid this nightmare. I showed her the address on my phone and then asked, are you Lisa or do you know Lisa? She said, yeah, she sold us this house in October. Um, what? Nine whole months had passed at that point. The company sent us to a house for regular house cleaning when someone had moved out nine months ago. I was mortified. I apologized more sincerely than I ever had in my life. I was so mad at my boss and so embarrassed to be the weird stranger that was inside some innocent lady's home. We packed up our stuff and left. I remember it so vividly. Okay, I hear you. Like, this is so extremely weird that they sent you to that house to clean. But what's even weirder and what I'm still confused about and have no answer to? How did that lady not notice that her home was being cleaned for nine months? Am I missing something? Like, did she just fully 
not notice that somebody had been cleaning her house. I'm pretty sure that's what, what happened there. Okay, next. One time I went to my boss to show her a 20-something page document of everything I do, including a glossary and a list of contacts, and she told me I deserved a raise. When I told her that that is why I wanted to meet with her, she told me, well, if I give you money now, someone else doesn't get money for Christmas. It was October and our department had an allotment for end of year raises. I told her I didn't think that was my problem. And she said she'd have to write up a whole paragraph and propose it to our boss. I ended up not getting a raise and had to wait until she quit to bring it up to the new boss. We There's like an actual for real thing. Like there's a lot of things that bosses do that don't matter. But the emotional manipulation that a lot of bosses adopt. I thought that this next submission was really good and I feel like it it sums it up really well. They said, um, I think we should talk more about how toxic bosses can be just as bad as other toxic relationships. My experience is still hard for me to talk about, so I won't give details, but suffice it to say, this boss was psychologically abusive. After nearly two years, I couldn't take it anymore and quit. He wasn't happy. I had to take a full month off before working again because this man messed me up so much. It went from a tough work relationship to a living nightmare I couldn't escape from. By the end, I couldn't fall asleep, sobbed uncontrollably after work, and woke up from work nightmares almost every night. The week before I decided to quit, I lost 10 pounds because I was so nervous to finally do it. Psychological abuse is just as real as physical abuse, and I have so much more sympathy for women leaving abusive relationships now. Toxic bosses know just the right way to manipulate you into staying. Constant praise, talk of promotions, etc., even while they beat you down every day with microaggressions, sexism, and gaslighting. I'm doing much better now, thanks therapy, but the problem is systemic and women and POC need to be especially aware toxic bosses are not worth it ever and minority groups are often targets for men like this. Well, I first of all co-sign on everything that was said. Be aware of psychological abuse in the workplace and the toxic bosses are never worth it. And the worst part about toxic bosses never being worth it is that sometimes you do have to stay. I understand when people have to stay in work situations because it's their their only option. It's how they're making money, especially during like the pandemic and everything. People are holding on to their jobs. And um, it's really quite depressing to see how quick becoming a boss or being a manager reveals like somebody's true self. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like when people are put in positions of power, it doesn't change them. It just reveals who they are. Um, not to sound like a fortune cookie, but I really do think that. And it's really depressing. It's really quite something to see how many people just have horrible experiences with their bosses. So remember to uh, take care of yourself, especially if you're in a work situation that is completely draining you, but you have no option and you have to stay. Uh, Be very aware of yourself and vent as much as you need to. If that means uh, sliding into my Google Docs to rage about your boss, I welcome that. Okay. Uh, Oh my gosh, I'm just now realizing, I'm looking at my outline. I wanted to start with some broad thoughts because I got some good submissions, but you know what? Let's do that in a minute. I just have one more boss story and then let's end. Let's end on some broad thoughts. That's fun. Switching it up a little bit. Okay. Um, they said, I had a boss that would constantly prank me to make me think I was getting fired. You guys already know how I feel about pranks. I don't need to go into this again. He'd call me in and say things like, I know what you did today, and then wait for me to respond with something I did wrong. Or say something like, so I saw on the camera you you did something that we seriously don't allow. Then a big pause while I go insane in my brain trying to figure out what I did. Then he would just move on and say, just kidding, you're doing great. Also, it was a frozen yogurt shop. I eventually did get fired, though, for not showing up and giving my my family too many free samples. Like, it's not a good, it's not a good leadership move. I I hate to break it too 
basically every boss ever. Um, it's not a good move to like notice that your employees will get anxiety about their job if you tell them something or if you confront them with something. Like that's not great. That doesn't make you a good boss. It actually makes you a terrible person. Okay. I'm so sorry for all of your horrible bosses. And if you do want me to call in to wherever you work and say that something horrible is happening, say the building is flooding, uh, maybe it's on fire, maybe somebody is going to come light it on fire, and then you have to evacuate and go home for the rest of the day, I would do that for you. I actually used to fantasize about doing that to my own workplace, like calling and being like, there's a carbon monoxide leak, everybody needs to go home. So if you want me to do that for you, I would, I would love to do that. Okay, now let's do some broad thoughts. I love these broad thoughts. Um, it's been such a funny, weird addition to the podcast, but it's really given me an insight into your brains. Um, not sure if I wanted this deep of an insight for some of you, but here we are. So a broad thought, now that we're moving on to our closing, closing segment, broad thoughts is an extension of a previous segment called Maddie thoughts. Maddie thoughts were just things that came into my head that I felt I needed to share with you guys. And then I wanted to hear your weird late night shower thoughts. And uh, those are called broad thoughts because you guys are my baby broads. So let's, let's, let's get into these. Let's get into these broad thoughts. Why in football don't they just make a circle around the guy with the ball and run? This is a very good point. This is a very good point. And I had brothers who played football. So I feel like I understand a, a good amount. Like I spent a lot of time growing up going to football games and things like that. So I like to think I have a, a maybe slightly above baseline knowledge of football. Um, and I still couldn't answer this. I still could not tell you why. I also just kind of feel like, why not just trip them? Why would you not just trip everybody in your way? Like just stick your foot out. That's what I would do. I would also probably like pinch people and pull their leg hair. <laughs> I'd be a really good football player. Okay, next. She said, there are Lil and Big rappers. What does that mean? And why are there no normal sized rappers? That's a very good point. I think maybe if they're normal sized, they just don't have a Big or a Lil. Like maybe Jay-Z is like his average size. Like he wasn't, he didn't sway either way. Um, but I do wonder how they got that. I wonder how they got that because sometimes people with Lil in front of their name are actually humongous. And then sometimes people with Big are actually kind of small. Like Big Sean is 5'8". That doesn't seem like Big Sean to me, you know? Sounds like slightly below average Sean. Okay, next broad thought. I love these so much. They put me in the best mood. This one I hate thinking about, but it is true. You can never actually look at your own face, only in pictures and reflections. So what if those distort your appearance and you don't even know it? Yep, don't like thinking about that. Need to move on before I spiral. Shouldn't the human body have evolved to not need insane amounts of body hair anymore? Like I'm not a grizzly bear. I live in a house. I don't need it for warmth or camouflage. I never thought that we maybe had body hair for the purposes of camouflage. Then why do patches grow so thick in certain places? Do you know what I'm talking about? Why does that happen? <laughs> okay, this next, <laughs> this next one. I hate you guys. Does everyone have at least one hot cousin? I think we do. I think everyone here has at least one cousin they would definitely kiss and no one is talking about it. I can say from the bottom of my heart, like from the bottom of my heart, I do not have a cousin that I would kiss. I swear. And you guys know, you know that like if I did, I would have no problem saying it. I just don't have one. I also don't know my cousins very well. I thought a family that we were really good friends with were my cousins for like 
the first 15 years of my life. Didn't know that we were not related. Um, but I have heard this before. I would put a poll up on my Instagram that says, do you think one of your cousins is hot? But I worry that one of my cousins would see it. And then they would maybe spiral thinking, does Maddie have a crush on me? And I just, I don't need that kind of drama in my life. Okay. Another one that haunts me. Maybe we'll end on this one. I don't know. You guys always say like, just make your episodes longer and you can just talk about whatever and uh, be careful what you wish for, because I will just talk about whatever. How are there different flavors of cheese if it all comes from milk slash a cow? I get goat cheese and stuff like that. I'm also sure there's an easy explanation, but when I was shopping for cheese the other day, I thought this and it started haunting me. I mean, I'm assuming it just has something different to do with like the the process or like they'd use a different vinegar or cheesecloth or temperature or something like that. Um, but here is the real kicker. How expensive is cheese these days? Do you guys ever go to the fancy cheese section and pick up a block of Parmesan that's like literally smaller than your phone and it's like $16.95? How is that? I swear in the post-apocalypse, we're going to be trading cheese like gold. Mark my words. <laughs> okay, next. Am I the only one who fakes a limp when I get off an elevator that took me up one floor just so everyone doesn't think I took the elevator just because I'm lazy? Listen, you are the only one who does that because no one's no one notices. I promise. I swear on my life, no one notices that you took the elevator. Everyone else is doing it. And I'm going to end you with this nightmare. Uh, chickens could take over the world. If every egg was fertilized, we'd have a big problem. We would have a big problem. You're absolutely right. Okay, I'm going to end there. I'm going to end there because if we get too deep into broad thoughts, I will never come out. So I will see you next week. And you know what? I'm going to say this on the podcast to motivate me to do it. I created a bad broadcast Facebook group. It's been very, very uh, high on my priority list. I've been, I've been meaning to do this for a while, but I haven't done it, but I will share it on my Instagram and you can join it. It's not a place to review the podcast. Do not give me your unsolicited feedback. <laughs> It is a place for you to meet other girls or gays or theys who listen to the podcast that you may connect with. Uh, again, not a review system. I already have several of those and it's not great for me. So head to my Instagram, join the Bad Broadcast Facebook group, and um, I'll talk to you guys next week. As always, be safe, be kind, be hot. I love you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.